What's the latest? Everybody, welcome back to episode 55 of the In the Paint show presented by Ball is Life. Ronnie Flores is uh, back in Vegas doing those good old-fashioned degenerate things that people do in Las Vegas. Um, I'm guilty of those uh, whenever I go there, so I'm not one to judge. So in Ronnie's stead, we have um, a legend in the making, uh, Mr. Connor Morissette of Scorebook Live, California. Connor, thanks so much for taking the time to uh, drive down to Irvine from Los Angeles, man. Devin, thank you so much for having me. It's a great time to do an episode with the playoffs coming up this week, so I appreciate it. Uh, I know Ronnie will be back, but this is fun, so anytime he stays in Vegas, you have my number. Sounds good. Connor's, uh, you know, everyone's seen Connor around the gym. He's in the gym just as much as Ronnie and I, which makes him the perfect fit for this podcast because we are going to tackle almost, almost every division of the Southern Section playoffs, which begin uh, on Wednesday, uh, which is tomorrow. Uh, for those listening, you know, later on, uh, we're recording on a Tuesday. The, you know, open division will begin on Friday, um, and that's that's going to be big time. But we're going to start in Division Four, Double A, where um, Renaissance Academy is the number one seed. And I kind of chuckle with that because Connor, based on what we've seen this season with Renaissance and their roster, um, I don't see a whole lot of resistance uh, on their path. But you never know. Um, give me your thoughts on Renaissance Academy. I know Coach Keat is obviously the the biggest um, you know player on that team as far as name and as far as game goes. But what are some other thoughts on Renaissance that you can provide for us? Sure, absolutely. They were in our top twenty five for a lot of the year because they picked up some great wins early and they really are battle tested. They yeah. played a really tough schedule, not a four double A traditional kind of schedule. So you got to love Coat Keat. I think with him, he started off really well, and no one really knew how to defend him. And then the tape kind of came out on him, and he was slowed down a little bit. But towards the end of the year, they've picked up. They had a nice win over San Gabriel Academy in the league. Uh, Rebay was a, a, a tough matchup for them, and I believe they lost twice. But, I mean, that lineup and, and that team can really stack up with a lot of Division One teams. I think if sure. we did the seeding like they're going to do in football potentially next year, where you put everyone... Uh, in the same pot, and then see based on how you did that season, they could be a Division One team because of uh, that roster and the schedule that they played. But uh, I think Keat is the best player in that division by a long shot, and they're so battle-tested, it would be a shock if they didn't win the championship. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. And um, like you said, Keat is a six-eight, you know, guy who can handle the ball. Uh, he's kind of a point-forward kind of guy, um, you know, rebound the defensive glass, push the break, and, and uh, you know, really athletic and elusive when going to the basket, and he can finish with either hand. So a guy like that with that size and that skill set is going to be tough to stop in the lower division. Um, and, and as you mentioned, um, they're battle-tested. Um, they you know, they played the Harvard-Westlake close. Uh, they played in the Westchester tournament. They beat Long Beach Poly, which is a solid program. Uh, so they've, they've, like you said, they've played a higher-level schedule than the teams are going to face. Um, I think if anyone's going to give them a run, it could be Oak Hills of Hesperia. They have similar size. They have a, a big guy in the middle, uh, Nakai Williams, who is tough. And, you know, they're Maddie Kovac, a guy who's co host of the podcast with me. He's seen him a couple times. And he said they're Hesperia tough. And if you've ever seen teams from Hesperia, you know what he means. And another team I think who could, might be able to give him a run is the second seed, Aquinas from San Bernardino. Uh, they have a good wing, Nick Hopkins, who's averaging, I believe it's like 21 points and 14 rebounds a game. And then they have a really good point guard, Sheldon Grant, who is a potential, you know, high D2 low Division One caliber player. But 
based on the early returns, I see uh, Renaissance Academy being the heavy favorite in that division. Yeah, and you mentioned Oak Hills having size. You need to have size you because have Renaissance, we talk so much about Kowat Keat. He's 6'8", but then Evans Kamoy, I hope I say that <laughs> yeah, right. This is going to be a tough one. It's going to test your, this is gonna test your uh, pronunciation skills. Yeah, their center, I don't uh, know if you remember, but at what event was it? It was a Freitas event where Renaissance, they lost to Etiwanda, but yeah, yeah. in the second half, Evans threw down the most incredible high school dunk that I've ever seen. Uh, his teammate, Andre Basavets, threw it off the backboard, and it looked like an NBA dunk. And, again, that's not a 4AA division kind of dunk. So no, you, you no. need to have size. So I think Oak Hills, like you said, they do have some size. That'll help. Um, just you know, looking at the roster some more, it's 6'8", 6'8", 6'7", 6'4", 6'5", 7'1". Right. It's a big team. That's a big team. It's, they got length. They got athleticism. They're going to be a tough out in that division. So no, let's move to Division 3A in the Southern section. Village Christian, the top overall seed. Um, I think that a lot of people um, are surprised by Village Christian's success. Uh, I'm not sure why. They have you know a couple good guards with uh, uh, Matt Lee leading the way. He came to my Who's by Ubin Skills Summit camp, and he's a really, really, really talented overall player. Uh, Connor, why do you think Village Christian maybe slipped through the cracks a little bit? Well, I think with them, there's a lot of talent in the Valley. Yeah. And, you know, Harvard-Westlake gets a lot of pub because of Mason Hooks, and, you know, they're a really established program. The Mission Mission League is just so, like, so good and so balanced, and there's so many good teams that, like, smaller teams in the Valley are going to get lost. Exactly. If you're not in the Mission League, if you're not Sierra Canyon, you can get overlooked a little bit. And I remember they beat – or Heritage Christian, excuse me, Village Christian did. And that was huge. Yeah. I I know – they had some injuries, Heritage Christian, but still, mm-hmm. with that roster, that was a one of the shockers of the season. Sure. That was a 56-55 win for Village Christian. Sophomore Powell Musayan had a very good game for them. Another tough name for me here. <laughs> <laughs> you're, dude, you're getting crushed today by the names. Uh, I think he's an Armenian kid, so I apologize if I pronounce that incorrectly. Um, but I think the program there is really great. They have a great coach, and... What we've seen from them, kind of in and out, Julian Andrade is his name. He, uh, I, I was fortunate enough to meet him at Damien. You know, you, you talk to him. The guy knows what he's doing. He has a good culture, a good program. There. Okay. And the fact that they were able to be co-league champs in the Olympic League when it was Heritage Christian by a mile, it yeah. really probably should have been. Yeah. I think that speaks volumes and why they're one of the main favorites. Yeah, a couple other names I'm noticing here are guys who have been around a while and uh, I know who are good. Amari Pouncey, uh, Jordan Fuller, both very good senior players. And in the playoffs, you know, you need battle-tested guys. Um, and a good coach, and it's very clear that Village Christian has both of those things. Um, let's move to Shadow Hills of Indio. Condor, I'm not sure you know a whole lot about these guys. Um, no, but they do a nice job of promoting on yeah, social they do. media, which I appreciate because you know when we're in Los Angeles, it is obviously tough to get that far away, and when programs who are in the southern section but are far away promote like that, it helps you learn a lot. So I know a little bit, but I haven't seen them. Yeah, they're they're you know the second seed in this in this division, I believe. Um, and they have a guy, Dominic Escobar, who might be one of the most underrated players in Southern California that I've seen. I know he's getting some recruiting um, interest from D2s, D3s, NAIs, and there's no doubt in my mind that he can play at that level. He's a high-motor kid, high-character kid, 6'5", uh, wing. He can shoot it um, from three. Uh, he can take guys off the bounce, drive to the basket, finish through contact. He's a tough Cover. They have a guard, Deontay Strange, who's very good. And their coach, uh, Ryan Towner, I remember uh, he wanted into my uh, fall showcase and he wanted to play like the toughest 
absolute toughest teams he could play because he said, "Listen, we want to compete with anybody. We want to, you know, we think we can beat anybody." So, uh, you know, that that desert toughness and grind is, you know, sometimes a little bit different. Um, anything you need to add about uh, Shadow Hills, Connor, or should we move on to somebody else? No, we can move on. But I, I think that's to, in this day and age, that's really important to challenge yourself because yeah. how many times do we see teams play cupcake schedules? Yes, and then lose in the first round. Lose in the first round. round. And I don't mean to call anyone out, but it happened to Gardena last year. There's a good chance in the city section it might happen to Gardena this year when they go on the road to play Birmingham that's in the tough. first round. Yeah. They only have three losses all year, but they really didn't play uh, that good of a schedule down the yeah, stretch. Yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll touch on the city open a little bit later, and yeah, that's a tough that's a tough matchup for them. But uh, let's move to Fountain Valley. Um, you know, Coach Deshaun, I, I, I live right across the street yeah. from Fountain Valley High School, so I'm, <laughs> I'm over there a little bit, you know, kind of giving Deshaun whatever tips I see, helping the kids out with, you know, how they should conduct themselves uh, in social media on the court, uh, you know, giving advice to how they can, you know, get recruited. Um, Fountain Valley is an interesting team. They are young. Um, they have talent. That he starts four guards and kind of a, a wing and and uh, six four Preston Amarillo, and they're 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 just really solid. But the thing that they've been struggling with is consistency between the years. Um, you never know which team is going to show up, and I can be ca- completely candid about this team because I'm around them so yeah. much. You never know which team is going to show up. Their best player is Jeremiah Davis. He's averaging you know you know over twenty points a game. Uh, very talented 6'3 junior you know, shooting guard. I, I would tag him right now. Um, Aiden Caceres is a, is a high-level you know, shooter. Um, Roddy Anderson, a uh, sophomore point guard who is just lightning quick, super athletic, but he's completely, you know, he, he sometimes gets out of control. Um, so their first-round matchup against Westminster is interesting because Westminster has Matthew Brookins and another big guy, Kyle Hulk, both go about 6'6". Six, six. Uh, Brookins is about... I'd say 240. Hawk is is about 280, maybe even bigger than that. So it's it's a contrasting styles type of game where Fountain Valley plays all guards and wants to push the pace. Westminster has you know some decent bigs who uh, you know they want to slow it down. They play a two three or a three two. So that's going to be an interesting game. One I might might attend uh, just for you know since Etiwanda in St. Anthony's on Thursday, I might have to go to that. Save a little bit on the gas money. Um, but Fountain Valley has a chance to, to make some noise in, in this division uh, behind the, the leadership of Coach Bryant. When two teams who have those different styles play, I, I mean, obviously the, the better team usually wins, but in your experience, what's it like usually when a fast-paced team like that goes up against a team that really likes to slow it down? And we're talking about you know Division 3A here. It's not an upper echelon yeah kind of division is at the lower level is there a style that you think works better or is it more all about the players it's all about the players um here's the thing if you're playing fast and you're missing shots you're turning the ball over yeah you might get killed you <laughs> might you might get killed <laughs> so i think the, the more i look at this division the more it seems like anybody can beat anybody in any round you know what i mean it, it's just like all the matchups are so i mean like i think the talent level from team to team to team is very similar Village Christian has good guards. Fountain Valley has good guards. Um, Shadow Hills has t- two or three very good players. So, um, but could Shadow Hills get upset by Ukaipa? I don't know. I haven't seen Ukaipa. Would it shock me? No, it wouldn't shock me at all. Just because I think there's parity in these lower divisions, based on now how we're doing the CIF is doing the um, uh, competitive equity. I think it helps for the lower divisions. 
Yeah, and, I think it does. And looking at another team, I like Price. They actually picked up a win in league against Renaissance Academy, so we talked so much That's about a good win. How, how they're really loaded, and, and they are. Well, the, you know, Price was able to beat them, and at this level, you kind of struggle to see teams pick up really up, upper echelon wins, and I think Price has one there. The schedule in the non-league wasn't too difficult, so uh, the record might be a little inflated. They're 20-8 and eight overall, 3-5 and five in that tough Harbor League, but uh, I, I kind of like what they're doing. I, I think they're a team you mentioned. Anyone can beat anyone on any given day. I look at them battle-tested, something we already kind of talked about a little bit. That league was so tough, I think that's going to really pay off for them in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. And another team who I just noticed with a very, like, a very dominant big on their team, and you know, bigs, if they're skilled and they're, they're tough and they play their role, um, bigs can take you a long way in a high school game. And Daniel Ruzon from Eisenhower is a 6'8 junior um, putting up just gaudy numbers. I think it's like you know over 20 points and over 15 rebounds a game for uh, Coach Spoon out there in, in Rialto. Uh, Eisenhower, if, if Ruzon can you know get on a roll and they get him the ball, uh, he can take them far. And then you look at Valley Christian. They have a point guard, Malvin Piero, who is very good. I believe they're in the Olympic League as well, right, Connor? With uh, Village Christian and Heritage Christian. Um, Valley Christian has a couple good good players. They have a really, really nice record. They've played some some decent games, um, decent schedule. So they're another team I think you should watch out for in Division 3A. And Saddleback Valley Christian, I've seen that a couple times. <laughs> Saddleback, there's, there's, a, there's some good teams in this in this division. Saddleback Valley Christian has has a, a, a decent roster. they got a good coach. And, you know, again, if you have a balanced roster, you have some experience, you have some good seniors and a good coach, that can help you ride uh, a, a good playoff run. What's really nice about this division, Devin, is that you look at for a Renaissance, the heavy favorite, to yeah. a Rebay Academy, the heavy favorite. This is a lower division that I feel is truly wide open, similarly to a division two double A, where you know, of course, the playing level is a little bit different, but there are a whole bunch of teams that I would not be surprised. Oh, they're playing for a championship? Okay, that makes sense to me. I think you, a lot of teams kind of fit that bill, and there's no one overwhelming, okay, they're going to go all the way. They're going to walk uh, the park to a, to a championship, not in this division, which is nice. Yeah, I agree with that, and I think that's a lot of people you know, complain about the competitive equity format or whatnot and how the open division is, is run and things like that, but it's just it's really hard to get parity throughout high school sports with the transferring with the you know uh, kids you know following coaches or club coaches or whatnot um, that's a tough one uh, to do but I think the for the lower divisions it's tough when a team like Renaissance Academy you know gets an influx of talent and is in a lower division doesn't go open and they just run through their division that's the hard part that's the hard part of uh, you know separating these these teams from a, from a, a you know a standpoint of Let's match similar levels of play because you never know which player is moving where and which players are moving out. You know what I mean? It's just really well, tough. Well, we, we saw that with Rebay last year. Yep. And I think basketball is going to follow suit in football. Football hasn't been officially announced yet, but I think the new division format— To a year-by-year year thing? Yeah. And I understand that some people think that that's going to hurt first-place teams because they'll go and have to play up— and second and third place teams will in their leagues will have an easier shot at championships. I understand it, but I I think at the end of the day, it will be fair, mm-hmm. and I think that's what's really important. You won't have a Renaissance Academy in Division Four. You won't have a Rebay Academy in Division Two A. Probably the the first team or one of the top three teams left off the open division. So they probably you know all things considered shouldn't be in that division at all. But based on the last couple of years, that's where they fall. 
I think that's coming, and I understand the blowback, but I think it's the right move. I agree. I'm with you. And uh, when we move to to three double A, maybe we can uh, touch on Servi. Just FYI, Connor, I think your three double A one there is a girls one, so you might want to pull up the city section. I mean the uh, the southern section website. Okay, thank you. Yeah, just uh, I, I pulled it up. I'm like Santa Monica's not in three double A, uh, but moving to three double A, Providence of Burbank, very good team. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you've seen them a little bit more than I have since you're based out that way. I know they have a very good guard in Jordan Shelley. I'm a big fan of him. Mm-hmm. They have a very good coach. Uh, Brandon Lincoln's still the coach there, am I right? And they're another team that's challenged themselves, played in a lot of early tournaments, yeah. and, and kind of saw what it's like to compete at that high level. So, I, again, you can't say enough about that. Do you think they're the favorite in that division? I do. I, I think they have uh, definitely a good chance. Um, I'll admit, though, I'm a little thrown off by the – <laughs> having the wrong link up. So uh-oh, give, me, uh-oh. give me one second. <laughs> Con- we got we got Connor slipping, slipping. over here. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll go through. Let's let's. They got some stats up. I appreciate the 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 schools who you know leave their stats up for guys like me and you, Connor. Yeah, makes a big difference. They have four seniors and a junior who are their main contributors. Um, a Johnny Levias is the the uh, team's leading scorer. He's a six five kind of wing player. Uh, just under 15 points and 6.5 rebounds a game. Um, they're balanced, though. You have Jordan Shelley, the guy I mentioned earlier, at 12.3. You have Bryce Whitaker, uh, a senior guard, 9.6 points a game. And then you have uh, Colin Farrell um, at 8.7, and he's a good shooter. Uh, they got balance, man. Uh, I haven't seen them live this year, unfortunately, just because, you know, schedules didn't match. And for me, man, it's tough to get out to Burbank for a one-off game. Um, but uh, have you seen them this year, Connor? Yeah, I what saw, are your thoughts? I, I saw him early. I like Shelley a lot. I think he is uh, in like an upper echelon kind of player, a guy who could fit in at a at a bigger team, you know. So, whenever you have those kind of players, it's very helpful. Um, I believe they were in a dogfight with Notre Dame to begin the year, so that kind of level of a, of a team uh, is very impressive. Notre Dame, of course, being in Division One. Okay. So, you know, they've flexed their muscle a little bit, and they're the number one seed in that division, so I think they absolutely have a, a really good chance. But looking at um, just some of the other teams in there and, and looking at that final poll, I mean, you, you feel bad for, for the Servites, for the Paracletes yeah. who are yeah. in good leagues, yeah. and they're ranked in that coach's poll, but didn't end up making the field because the league play, or the league that they're in excuse me, is so difficult. Right. Servites in the Trinity League, uh, six-team league, and two of those teams are in the open division. So they get three automatic bids, right? Um <laughs> And there are no at-larges in three, uh, 3AA, which is why you see a Paraclete and you see a Servite not included. Uh, Servite was like 18 and 10 this yeah, year. Yeah, and I, I feel worse for Servite. I mean, Paraclete was 1-5, and five, I believe, in the Gold Coast League. So I know they picked up a, a nice win at one point, a buzzer beater. I forget if it was against Brentwood or, or whoever it was. It was. Against, it was against Brentwood, yeah. Okay. Um, Freshman Maurice Wright hit, yeah. a, hit a runner. Yeah. And, I mean, should that team deserve to make the playoffs? Yeah. But I understand, you know, if you, if you do that poorly in league, maybe you don't have a shout. Servite is frustrating. Yes, the league is great, but they won some games. You know, they won, yeah, they went. I mean, they went three and seven. But again, that's a that's a difficult league yeah. to play in. And I think, hey, three and seven, better than one and five. <laughs> oh, for no, yeah, for sure. So, <laughs> yeah, especially because there's no off night in the Trinity yeah. league this year. I mean, Orange Lutheran went thirteen and thirteen uh, on the season, uh, one and nine in league. They're in the they're in their division, and that's a team Servite that would have a chance to win the whole thing. Servite and- could literally win. 3AA, and they're not in. Mm-hmm. And it's all because the leagues aren't even, which is, that's another thing why I think uh, 
the automatic bid process is a little flawed. And sure. I, I see it getting totally ripped on Twitter. And the servo example is makes it look the worst. I think all things considered, I don't really know what else you could do because I, I you know, you kind of got to do well in league to make the playoffs. But then you, at the other side, you feel bad for Servite. You feel bad for Paraclete, just teams that, you know, their programs aren't quite at the level of, of the teams in their division, but they're still good enough if they're in. If we're going to do competitive equity, they're, they're good enough to be in a lower division and compete for a championship. Uh, but they're in such a great league that that makes it tough. I don't know what the fix is because with uh, how the automatic qualifiers work right now, if we went to the new system, where you rank everyone based on how they did that year, these teams probably still wouldn't make it because they wouldn't be automatic qualifiers. Right. And you, you just kind of it's, run out of uh, at-large yeah. bids because there are so many schools in the Southern section that you can't fit everyone in. Right, it's really, really tough. And it's unfortunate because a guard as good as sophomore to Javis Miller is not in the playoffs. Yeah. And we can't see what he can build on from his regular season when he, aver- he averaged 19 points and... Uh, 6.2 rebounds a game. And if you're a Division One school, uh, locally especially, and you haven't been to Servite to see Tejavis and start recruiting him, um, I'd suggest you get there <laughs> ASAP because this dude is good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just really unfortunate that we don't get to see what Tejavis can do in that 3AA playoffs. Um, let's go to 2A, Connor. Um, what do we got here? Rebay Academy. Yeah. Top seed. They get a first-round bye. Uh, they'll play the winner of La Mirada and, and Dominguez. Do you see anybody in this division giving Rebay Academy a run for their money? Or is it just going to be kind of a like what they did last year? What were they in last year? Division 4A or yeah. 4 double, something like that? Yeah. What do you think? Well, I mean, we've seen La Mirada. You They're know, pretty good. I, Randy's I, a good coach. I, I'd pick Rebay t- to beat them, but I, I think right out the shoot, it's not like it's going to be a walkover game. So, I, I mean, this division is definitely better than the one they were in last year, and they returned pretty much all of their team from last year that won a state championship. So you like that. But again, I don't think it's quite as bad as Renaissance Academy because there are some teams who who are decent in this division. There are. Whereas with Renaissance, it's a little bit of a bigger gap. But Rebay, their two losses are Sierra Canyon and, and Rancho Christian, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, those are those are those are good losses. I yeah, mean, people don't want to say good losses nowadays, but those are two pretty good losses. Yeah, um, and uh, I, I think the gap here is wide again but you know you never know and they actually have three losses excuse me i think that they drop one to san gabriel academy or no they drop one to renaissance so okay so they, me, they split they with three. renaissance and league yeah still won that harbor league yeah, yeah, yeah i think i think you i think i think you're right um i think man i mean i know just san clemente's done okay right they, nah, they, they don't have it i mean i love my guy uh coach pop over there coach mark popovich does a great job his his dad steve popovich actually coached my dad in high school um uh, at Marina High School back in the 70s. Uh, Pop does a great job, but I don't see them you know, being able to give Rebay a run. I think the, the one team who matches up athletically and physically uh, in this top layer of the brackets, Pacific Christian Orange County, yeah. with uh, Judah Brown, you know, 6'7 wing going to St. Mary's, and then Houston Millette, uh, one of the top uh, 221 guards in you know, Southern California. I think that's the team, if they get there, uh, and, and get to the uh, where would they play them? The quarters. Am I right? Quarters. Yeah, them. Um, well, looking at a potential championship, Oxnard is twenty-seven and one. Yeah, and but here's the thing about Oxnard: is like, who have they played? It's true, Shamanad. They lost. But they lost Shamanad. Right. Shamanad's a good team, but again, like you have to look at all those things. They have a. I know they have a good player, Kai Johnson, who's a very who's a very good player and probably should go at the D two level. Um, 
But, yeah, I mean, potential championship, Sonora from La Habra. They have a solid team, and Coach Mike Murphy does a great job. They'd run into a defensively second-round game, potentially. The winner of Sarah or Linwood, I'd probably pick Sonora, but Sarah and Linwood, I, they've that's had a, good that, years. That's a bad draw for Sonora. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Sarah beat uh, St. Anthony. Yeah. And Linwood has— beat Fairfax. Yeah, and Linwood has a ton of, uh, you know, athletes in yeah. size and length uh, and guys who can, you know, fill up the scoring column. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Los Alamitos—they have a tough drive to Cajon. Uh, they got some good players though: Kevin Kent and David Mendy, both seniors, both very good players. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, Pacifica Christian is going to be the one team that might give Rebay trouble in that top part of the bracket. Yeah. And then I'm not sure that that bottom part of the bracket. I think ha- there's a chance that um, Sonora comes out uh-huh. of it, or the winner, whoever beats Sonora in that second round, uh, Sarah Linwood could make a run. I totally agree. And then Oxnard, what are they? I, know, I'm not we'll, sure. We'll, we'll you learn. and I haven't haven't gotten out to Ventura no. County to see them, so maybe they're better than we're giving them credit for. Uh, I hope that they prove us wrong and, and make a deep run here. But yeah, Rebay Academy with uh, Barrington Hargress, uh, Tyler Powell, uh, Ignacio Camacho. Who am I missing on this list? They just added a guy, Trey White from Texas, yeah. who's a high, highly rated prospect. Uh, he played against Rancho Christian. Snooky Wigginton. Snooky Wigginton, who's a very he's had a great year. Very good point guard. Uh, I don't see a whole lot of, uh, you know, resistance for them on the way. But I'm looking now, Long Beach Milliken, you know, Coach Nate Berger uh, has done a really good job there. Uh, he's got a you know a good player, Rob Diaz, a lefty shooter. He's, he's very good. And then Murieta Mesa, uh, Coach Michael Bertufalo, I'm going to get it right. <laughs> uh, he came to my fall league event. He's got, he's got a roster filled with guys who are tough, who are big, physical, and really don't back down from anybody. So if Murieta Mesa gets to that third-round game, I mean, that could be an interesting game. And quickly, talking about yeah, Oxnard's schedule, they have wins over Servite and Crescenta Fair. Valley, which okay. are, are, are decent Sorry, wins. Sorry, Oxnard, if you're listening. <laughs> we, we apologize for, for questioning you. Um, but, yeah, I mean. But overall, the strength of the schedule isn't great. Yeah, and you know, Rebay Academy strength schedule is pretty good, and yeah. they have a lot of that division. league. That league was great this year. That yeah. Harbor League. Yeah, they have a lot of Division One uh, talent and yeah. Division One athletes on their side. Certainly. So I see, I see Rebay Academy, you know, making that that championship round. Two um, AA, which is probably one of the more balanced divisions outside of the open division, I'd say. Uh, Santa Cruz Christian, the top seed. I'm a big fan of that that program and what they're doing. Uh, Caden Starr, Caleb Lowry, uh, Joshua Garo having big years, but I think the catalyst, Connor, uh, let's start with Santa Cruz Christian, who's, uh, has been Ty Harper. Yeah, he's been incredible. I remember watching him at Damien. Heritage Christian should have beaten Santa Cruz Christian, but Harper hit a ridiculous three at the buzzer to send it to overtime, and then he did it again yep. in the yeah. first overtime, and then they win in double overtime, he's a guy whose stock has really increased throughout this year. I mean, Virginia Tech and USC are two legitimate college programs, and they've offered him Division One scholarship to play, so we'll see where he ends up going. He is a great shooter, and he's just a great athlete. He's too. dynamic. Yeah. He's dynamic. Yeah. He's a playmaker. He, he's a game-changer as far as his athleticism goes, his defensive abilities, and his shot-making abilities. He's, he's a game-changer in that division and for that team, obviously. And I saw him in the summer when he was at Fairfax playing in the <laughs> Fairfax Summer League. And yep. You could tell that his athleticism was what separated him. But that, you know, Summer League, the fact that the Fairfax guys were all kind of new, it was went back when Steve Moore was the coach, and it was all... Yeah, we don't, we don't want to get into all that. No, I, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> love Just my guy, lo- Steve. Uh, no, so do I. He, I. I do love Steve. 
it was just a little bit out of control, and I don't yeah, think yeah. Uh, you know I got the best view of him from the summer, and then where he's at now with Santa Clarita Christian, and, and just how he's improved since uh, those summer days, and how he's gotten comfortable with the Santa Clarita Christian team. It, it's been a match made in heaven. Yeah, I mean, w- when I saw that he like like you saw him at Fairfax, and when when Steve. Uh, didn't end up having the job. He transferred to Santa Cruz Christian, yeah. and I was like, "Man, that's a Santa Cruz Christian." I mean, I was thinking they're an established team. They have a, a chemistry built, you know, with with Star, with Lowry, who have played together on the club circuit for a long time, and Ogaro. Uh, you know, Noah values that was there last year, yeah. and then he transferred to Valencia um, before the playoffs. But they had a built, they had a, they had a chemistry already built in. I was wondering how Harper was going to fit into that, and clearly, it's been. Pretty good, pretty seamless. Yeah, it's um, it's fit nicely because I feel like, with all due respect to those other guys, they a star would really push them over the top. Sure. You, know, you know how some teams there's kind of too much star power, and it's like, oh, do they really need this extra guy? I think adding him was a really nice compliment because I, I think he kind of slates in as their top guy, and I think Ogaro will definitely be that next year, but sure. I, I think they were kind of a year away from you know having a, a real true stud on that team, and he came in, and he's been that for them, and it's been perfect. Yeah, he gives them a little edge, gives them a chip on the shoulder, yeah. gives them a little toughness, a little, yeah. bit of, little, little bit of dog, and that's yeah. good for them. Um, staying in that top half of the bracket, another team I see who uh, has been good this year, Capistrano Valley. Uh, I believe they only have three losses on the year. They won South Coast League title again. Coach Brian Mulligan is an absolute legend in Orange County, a big fan of, of Mulligan and the way he, he runs his program and coaches his team. Um they don't have a lot of depth, which worries me. No, and I saw them once, and it was at the Nike Extravaganza. They got crushed yeah. by St. Augustine. But you can't put too much stock in a Saturday game sometimes. Yep. you got to throw those out sometimes. But it was too bad that that was the one time I saw them because they uh, they didn't really look great on that day. Yeah, I mean, they, they were terrible on that day. And it was tough, though, because St. Augustine's one of the best teams in the San yeah. Diego section. They have a lot of size, a lot more athleticism. You know, Chibuzo Agbo is going to Texas Tech, and he dominated from the start. Yeah. Uh, Luke Hopp, the coach's son, yeah. I think is a Division One caliber Those player. Those are the two guys you got to stop, and they couldn't. They couldn't stop him. Uh, but base, going straight with Capo Valley and the guys I like there, uh, Langston Redfield, very good game manager, uh, good rebounder for his size, for the position at the point guard spot, uh, high-level vision, high-level IQ. I just want him to score the basketball more, be more <laughs> aggressive offensively. Um, Brody Sumner is going to be a big piece for them because, I mean, he just hits three after three after three, big-time shooter. Uh, but I think the key for them is going to be if Spencer Egbert, uh, 6'8 forward, shows up. Uh, he, you know, They need him to be the, a guy who is a viable option on the block offensively and a guy who has some toughness in the painted area on defense. Let's move to Chaminade. You know, they were in the Mission League Championship game against Harvard-Westlake. I watched that on KDOC uh, with our guys uh, Paul Westfall and Randy Rosenblum. Um, K.J. Simpson's an absolute monster of a player. Uh, big fan of him. Keith Higgins is is very good, and they have a skilled big man, you know, Abe Eagle, who's you know come into his own this season. What do you think about Shamanad in this in this bracket? Yeah, I like Shaman a lot. Shamanad a lot. They're a team I've been able to see a decent amount because uh, that's one of my main coverage areas going up into the valley. I mean, seeing K.J. Simpson just kind of blossom this year into a really he might be the best junior in Southern California that might not be a stretch it is Peyton Watson's the best junior in Southern California okay <laughs> but I, I think it's a little close, a close I, think, I think it's a little closer okay. than you think um but he uh he, he's been great I mean 41 points in the semifinals oh, against yeah, yeah. Alamany no, yeah. or excuse me against St. Francis that was an incredible performance that, that that's tough to do against a team coached by Todd Wolfson yeah so he was just on fire and he kind of started that game slow and then he said I got to turn it on. I think with them, 
we know what we're going to get from Simpson night in and night out. I want to see more consistency from Higgins and Eagle because when the three of them are all on, they're really tough to beat. Yep. If you're just getting great play from Simpson and the other guys are struggling a little bit, then they're beatable. Yeah, and I think Coach Brian Cantwell's done a nice job of kind of balancing, you know, getting touches for uh, Eagle, like yeah. getting him the basketball. Well, he's, he's had the game winner against St. Francis, right? Right, and he's you know he's a guy who can stretch the floor out to three, and that's at six ten in this division. That's that's a that's a, a a prime quality to have. So let's go down to another team that's popping out to me, Rolling Hills Prep. Coach Harvey Katan, he um, you know he's just kind of does what he does. He, he just gets guys in there and. Uh, he coaches them hard, and you know his teams are very good. They're led by seniors JT Tan, Vaughn Flowers, um, Troy Murphy Jr., and a sophomore who like is kind of has that Ty Harper ability to him uh, with kind of uh, star power, in my opinion. Benny Benny Geeler, Benny the Jet. Uh, Rolling Hills Prep has a will have potentially if Santa Monica gets past Compton. Uh, that's a tough second round matchup because yeah. Santa Monica is coming on and they're good. Yeah. What are your I, thoughts on Rolling Hills yeah, Prep? I wrote about Benny Geeler being an X factor this yep. week and. I'll just read what I wrote. I said, when Geeler is in control and finds his shot, Rolling Hills Prep is extremely dangerous with him on the perimeter and JT Tan on the inside. Because I've watched Rolling Hills Prep a decent amount this year, and sometimes I think with Geeler, the potential is limitless. He's not as efficient in some big games. I'm with you. That's why I love him, though, because you never know which Benny you're going to get. And when you get the good one, he's great. exactly. But sometimes, you know, the shots aren't falling, and... Not that it's a bad move for him to keep shooting. He just needs to be more efficient, and they're going to win games. And the games that I've seen with him winning, he's been efficient. And the ones where they've lost, looking at some of the games at Damien, he's uh, missed some shots, and they missed that kind of two-headed monster where with Tan and him. And then, of course, you have Flowers and Murphy kind of complimenting them. But I think he's so important to what they do. Yeah, he's very, he's very, very important what they do. And what I've noticed this year is he's reined in the shot selection uh, this year compared to last year. Um, but again, you're, if you're shooting a lot of shots, there's a chance you're going to miss a lot of shots, yeah. especially because he's, he's mainly perimeter oriented. So if you're shooting a lot of threes, uh, maybe one game you're going to be streaky and good, and one game you're going to be streaky and bad. But let's go to Santa Monica, man. They're 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 having you know they beat Harvard Westlake at, at Harvey's uh, Rolling Hills Prep State Preview Classic at Harbor College. Uh, that was in late January, am I right or am I wrong? Yep. yep. Um, <laughs> that and, was a Kind of a head-scratching game. It was, it was. You just kept waiting for Harvard-Westlake to make a move, and they never did. That was probably Harvard-Westlake, and I'm sure David Rebebo will agree with me, their worst game Another Saturday, since he's gotten there. Yeah, another Saturday game where you just... After a league game. Yeah, you don't want to throw it out, but you know it's a Saturday game. It's earlier than usual. Let's give this team a break. Yeah, they ha- we've got to yeah. give Santa Monica credit, too. Yeah, they have Quincy McGriff, a very you know talented uh, wing guard who's headed to uh, UTEP. UTEP. Yep. And the guy who I like, and a guy, a sophomore who yep. is uh, coming I, I exactly along, and I think I think Division One guys need to get into Santa Monica's gym right now is Daniel Jackson. Yeah, uh, just a big time, you know, shot maker, playmaker. He's just a, I mean, he's a budding star uh, for Santa Monica. What do you think about him? Yeah, I've watched them a couple times, and when he has a good game, they win. Yes, and when he's off, they usually lose. So I saw them lose to Westchester, and I didn't. You know, I didn't walk away thinking, okay, I got to remember this kid. The Harvard-Westlake game, I absolutely walked away thinking, okay, this is a, a kid who's going to be a good player for a long time in Southern California. I think he complements McGriff very well. And Santa Monica is a team, I don't think anyone expects them to win. But if they were to win, you would say, okay, I'm surprised, but I understand. Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, they have a guy who is under the radar a little bit as a senior, Ethan Burks, six eight, and he just does his job. He rebounds, outlets, he runs the floor, he defends, 
He'll finish around the basket and he just, he's not, doesn't do anything pretty or like super athletic or eye popping, but he just gets the job done. And those are the kind of guys that help you win playoff games. Yeah. And Santa Monica had some guys miss some time in the middle of the year. So they lost a head scratcher to Culver City, but they weren't totally all available in that sure, one. Yep. And I, I think with them, it's important to look at what they've done lately more so than what they did kind of earlier in the year because it took them a little bit to, to get up to full speed. And I think now we're seeing them be really really dangerous i mean that win against beverly hills the other day was an incredible game on the road yeah i think to, mcgriff like hit a like game winning dunk or yeah, something on it, some dude and, and beverly hills i think only has three or four or, or five losses they don't they don't have very many and playing on the road it w- was tough that was kind of a playoff atmosphere yeah. kind of game and they answered the call in that game I, I i like santa monica a lot but that second round game if, if it goes that way would be <laughs> really yeah. incredible yeah i think i'm looking at the, the top bracket right now and kind of digging deep um a team that's kind of a sleeper team in this i'm not sure if you've seen los osos this year i i, they are, I wrote about them this they week are too. good yeah their coach yeah uh coach calvin tang who was at hesperia for a while he's just dude he he's the guy who's like the nicest human being off the court and then when that ball goes up he turns into a different <laughs> beast he's he's just an absolute animal they have a, a balanced roster yeah point guard uh uriah rojas is, is really good uh, Albert Matute from uh, he transferred from Etiwanda. He's a you know six three six four uh, kind of combo guard, very good. But they got a six eight six six uh, forward um, who's like a high school version of like a Kenneth Fareed, Travion Williams. This dude's an animal, and he I mean he's like a he's like a guy who can go get you fifteen rebounds in a game and twenty points and all in the paint and just bullying people. Uh, Los Osos. My, you know, Russ Payne at, at West Torrance is a good friend of mine. I, as soon as I saw the brackets, I, I texted him. I said, dude, that's the one of the toughest draws I've seen in all the playoff brackets for a league champion to have to take on Los Osos in the first round. Um, they beat Damian this year. Yeah, and they, they probably should have beaten him again. They lost by one point Yeah, uh, in the second game. Los Osos could provide some problems for Shalmanad in that second round. So if there's a sleeper team in this division, in this top bracket, Los Osos is it. I absolutely agree, and... It's a shame that I haven't seen them this year because they've kind of snuck up on the radar a little bit or under the radar a little bit. And uh, I wrote about how their stock is rising after their win against Damian, and then they lost by one point in, in that second game. But I mean, we all know how tough that baseline league is, and usually they're at the bottom. But they've done a very nice job this year. And based on your descriptions, I, I absolutely agree. And just based on their resume, I, I think they're a very solid dark horse team. Cool, cool, cool. Let's move to the bottom end, St. Bernard. Um, That's my pick to win it all. There we go. You heard it here first <laughs> on the Ball's Life in the Paint Show, episode 55. Connor Morissette picking St. Bernard to win Division Two AA. And that's a that's a that's a ballsy pick, man. Uh, but they're good, obviously. I mean, when you when you think of, you know, Reese Dixon Waters, you think of Damian McDowell, you think of Nick Nick Bowden, uh, you know, a I love guy Nick who Bowden. yeah, a guy who I think is has that that it factor about him. And then they have two really good freshman guards in, in Tyler Rollison and Darius Carr. Here's how. Here's why I think. Here's here's my hesitancy with St. Bernard is those freshman guards. Okay. As they get further along in the playoffs and those whistles tighten up, and the defense tightens up, and the the scouting gets better, and the players get better. That's my worry. Those guys are both very very good. I'm not sure if they're ready, but here's the thing: they could prove me wrong. I think that's fair, and the reason I like St. Bernard is because we saw two St. Bernards this year: the St. Bernard before Nick Bowden got hurt. Yep. And then when they missed him. And they look totally different. Yeah. And now he's healthy. He's back. He had 51 points on senior night, which is incredible. I think they're going to hit their stride. I, I talked to their coach last night. They're 100% healthy. 
I understand where you're coming from. I just think in this division, someone's going to just kind of get lucky. Yep. And I think when yep. you have Nick yep. Bowden on your team, you're more apt to get lucky than not, if that makes okay. sense. That's but fair. Him, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, the yeah. the kid is, is he's, he's a winner. I know he's undersized, but just watching him at the Westchester tournament and then in Damien and seeing what they look like after he got hurt in that first game, I believe it was against uh, it was either Dublin or Salesian College Prep. They just look totally different with him back. Yeah, it was Salesian. With him back, I am very uh, excited to see what they can do. And I think kind of early on, the bracket helps them a little bit. I, I think they can yeah. beat Beckman and then the winner, Roosevelt, Newport Harbor. I, I would like them in that game. Yeah, I forgot well. to text my guy John Goins at Beckman to ask him his thoughts on his first-round matchup against St. Bernard. I'm going to hit him up later to see. But, yeah, that's a, that's a good first-round draw for them. And then that second-round draw, Roosevelt's good. They're coached by Steve Singleton. Um, and, you know, they got two good guards, G. Little yep. uh, and C.J. Bellamy. Uh, G a junior and CJ a sophomore, uh, but Newport Harbor man the the uh, champions of the surf league I believe yeah surf league they changed that thing up on me, <laughs> um, they're well coached by Coach Robert Terribio, uh, got a couple shooters a couple good guards and here's the thing they're kind of like Laguna Beach where they they run their their stuff to until it until it doesn't work and then they run it again. And they kind of wear you down by running their stuff. You know what I mean? And just making those high IQ plays. They're going to flash. They're going to, you know, ball fake and throw back backdoor passes and skips across. So if you're not ready to, if you're not ready to guard a very, very, very potent and high IQ, high IQ offense, you're not going to win that game. But Roosevelt is a team that can guard. That's that's what Steve Singleton, Singleton can do as a coach. Moving down, uh, Heritage Christian obviously is one of the, um, you know, favorites in this this division because of how how good you know sky clark is and max allen and i'm not sure if justin rochelin's healthy um yet yeah I'm, I'm not either but i talked to paul tate and he said we're hoping to have him back for the playoffs okay. but i feel like that might have been a little coach speak but it was too bad they played winward in that big game at the heritage christian showcase about a month ago okay yeah and he re-injured his ankle that had been giving him so much trouble so i talked to tate after that game and he said i think we're just gonna sit him and hope he can contribute in the playoffs because he admitted to me, he said, with him, we're an open division team. Without him, we, you know, we'll still be very good and we can go out and compete for a Division Two AA title. But he means so much to them because he's, we talk about athleticism, he's an incredible athlete yep. and, and he's a guy with double-digit scholarship offers. So anytime you can add a guy with, a, you know, 10 Division One scholarship offers into the mix, that certainly helps. If he's healthy, I uh, definitely like them a lot. I think they are the favorite. Okay, okay. You're, but I'm, I'm, I'm but you're still taking St. Bernard. I'm just making St. sure St. you're not flip-flopping on no, me like a politician. No, no way. Okay. No way. Okay. Connor Morissette is not a politician. He's not going to leave uh, you know, his sports coverage to go run for president. I think Heritage Christian is the favorite, though. Okay. Can they be the favorite and I can pick against them? Yes. Of course you can. <laughs> yeah, you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. Um, yeah, I like Heritage Christian. Obviously, they're super talented. Coach yeah. Tate uh, you know, does a great job with them. They play a really good pace. And when you have a guy as talented as Sky Clark who can you know, go off for you know, 35 points or he can control the pace of the game as the point guard, you're going to have a good chance of winning games. I think one of the more interesting first-round matchups is the matchup of the, uh, what do you want to call it, the uh, shared campus, yeah. um, St. Francis and La Cunada. I think St. Francis, um, as long, you know, Andre Henry, I believe, was sick. Uh, during the Mission League tournament, so I'm hoping he's uh, still played well. Yeah, he played well. Uh, I believe he was, you know, battling some, you know, flu-like systems. No coronavirus. Sick. Don't aren't, worry aren't about you, it. Aren't you sick? Yes, I, yeah. I have been for like three months. I don't have the coronavirus. Don't worry. I feel like everyone's a little sick. I'm okay, um, but yeah, if Andre Henry is good to go, I, I see San Francis uh, 
moving past Lacanada, even though Lacanada has two good players in Kyle Brown and Ryan Grande, big fans of those guys. Um, but that second round matchup, the winner of Saugus and San Gabriel Academy, is a tough one for anybody. And yeah. St. Francis is going to run into either one of those. With St. Francis, everyone knows Andre Henry, obviously, but I like Jason Gallant too. I thought very he, solid all around player. Yeah, yeah, he's just a kind of like a Nick Bowden, just a guy you want on your team, mm-hmm. and, and you could tell. Uh, Coach Wolfson really likes him. And then sometimes it's funny is if he gets hot a little bit, he'll shoot the three. And if he'll miss, I heard this at the Mission League tournament, uh, Wolfson pulled him aside and said, run the damn place. <laughs> <laughs> but you love the confidence. Sure, yeah. And, yeah. and he's 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 not going to back down. Like, I think it's no secret that K.J. Simpson is, is a better player than he is. But he, you know, on that day... Maybe that's not going to be the case. That's his mentality, and I like that a lot. Yeah, he's a he's a really, really, really confident guy, and you know they just have you know San Francis is that team that Andre Henry has has emerged to some. A lot of people have known that Andre Henry has been very good his whole basketball you know high school basketball career, but he's emerged as a, a star in Southern California high school basketball, and um, sometimes that overshadows the glue guys on a team like San Francis, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, Jason Gallant, who make winning plays and do the little things that help you win games. Not saying that Henry doesn't do that because he does, yeah. but he is that star power on that team. But again, St. Francis is well coached. Yeah. Um, they're going to have a great game plan for whoever they play, and they're going to execute their game plan. I mean, Coach Wolfson is like the the Brad Stevens of high school <laughs> no. basketball. Oh, he, no. He, you're trying to suck up to Co- Todd. I, that, it's, it it sounds uh, bad. We're going to ask mean, Todd about that. He, uh, there's an out of you know how Brad Stevens is known for his out of bounds plays. There, there's an out of bounds play. You need to have a basket and it he was, draws it up. Yeah, it was snap of the finger. Uh, they they picked it up in that nice. Uh, they lost, but that was a fun game against Chaminade. Eventually, at the end, uh, they they didn't get uh, okay. what they were looking for. I like that comparison though. Um, I was giving you a hard time, but I, I like that comparison. Thank you. No, I understand. I, I, I think that's that what I'm here for. I'm here to give you. That's what I'm here for. Exactly. Let's go to Saugus. Adrian McIntyre, and Nate Perez. They're two guys. Uh, McIntyre is like a. Uh, crazy stat sheet stuffer. Uh, sometimes I'm like, eh, are we sure those are the, the accurate stats? But hey, what the hell do I know? I wasn't at the game. Um, but he's good. He's a good player. Yeah. Uh, Nate Perez, a very good shooter. Uh, but they're running into a San Gabriel Academy team that has size. Yeah. And Bubakar Koulibaly. And Sagas um, doesn't. Yeah. Bubakar Koulibaly is one of the better you know rim protectors um, in Southern California. I think he's probably going to end up at a high major school late because yeah. he's a 6'10 athletic uh, center who can run the floor dunk and you know they're, they're a good team Ian McCloskey's a, a, a solid all-around player um, what do you what do you see happening there well this is one of those games that as a guy who tries to cover the whole region yep. this is one where I might go to because I I don't really know how it's going to go okay I think Perez and, and McIntyre you're right there they're fast Saugus loves to play fast and, and get those guys the ball and get out in transition and then with San Gabriel Academy having that rim protector how are these guys going to get to the rim going up against uh how do you say his name? Bubakar. Bubakar Koulibaly. Koulibaly. Yeah. He, uh, I mean, they started their year at Staples Center, I believe, and they picked up a win, and he's just been great the whole year. I, I agree. I think he's one of the best bigs in uh, Southern California, and I'm excited to kind of see how that how that matchup plays out, and, and I wish I could give you a take on that game. I'm I'm not really sure how that <laughs> Well, if you go to that, we'll bring you back, and we'll, we'll get your take okay. uh, next week. Do uh, you see any sleepers in this bottom half, half of the bracket before we move on? Um, in terms of sleeper, I, I mean, I think is St. Francis a sleeper? Maybe, maybe not. No, uh, no. Uh, could Oak Park maybe? That's make who a I run? was thinking. Yeah. With, with a guy as 
offensively dynamic as Clark Slatcher, who's heading to uh, University of Pennsylvania. And the bracket kind of, I think, favors maybe them in their a favor. little bit. Yeah, yeah War- I mean, Warren's a good team, though. They have a guy going to Cal State Bakersfield, Javi Medeiros, and a- another good guard, um, Jared Jones. So that's going to be an interesting matchup, first-round matchup. And just what I mean by that, too, I, I would like Oak Park, I think, against Alamany or Cathedral. Like, it's not, okay. you know how sometimes... Yep. The first round game, you're like, oh crap, we got to get through this team, and then you win, and oh man, now we got to get this team. I think if projecting out a little bit, Oak Park, it's favorable. Yeah, Oak Park. I mean, Clark Slatcher is isn't he now the all time leading scorer in Ventura County history, or something so- of that right. nature? I mean, maybe top three on the list, something like you check that. Twitter, he scores forty every night. Right. So when you have a guy of that caliber, it's unfortunate that they haven't really played in a lot of tournaments down here uh, this year, as they used to when they had you know guys like Riley Batten and. And West Slasher, Clark's older brother, they used to come down and play in uh, Redondo Union and play in some showcases down here. I haven't been able to see Oak Park this year because they've been a little too far for my my taste. But uh, yeah, Clark Slasher is just super, super talented and a guy who can, you know, can spark an upset by himself yeah. with the scoring ability. Yeah, and he had a nice game winner um, the other night. And that's kind of what he's done all year. And uh, you talk about scores in Southern California. He might not be number one, but he's definitely in the top five. I mean, maybe stat-wise, number one, but you know what I mean? If he was on a bigger team, would he be putting up those numbers? Maybe not. But in terms of who can score the ball the best, he's right in that top oh, five. Oh, no I doubt believe. about it, no doubt about it. And like, like I said before, you mentioned that is like that that's the kind of guy who can lead an upset yeah. effort. Yeah. He's a guy who can put up 40 and kind of you know uh, you know take over a game by himself, yep. and Clark's that guy. Let's go to Division One, where uh, Winward is a top overall seed, and host Loyola in the first round. Is Winward the absolute odds-on favorite in this division? What do you think? I mean, I like Pauly Riverside, too, so I wouldn't sure. say they're yeah. the odds-on favorite. I think those top two seeds are, are really good, and then there, there are other teams in there who are capable of making a run. If Jay Sarah's healthy, I, I like Jay Sarah a okay. little bit. But, um, you know, when it starts today, yeah. I think with Winward... Everyone kind of had them at number five in the in the preseason, and so seeing them slip out of the open division on paper, of course, they're favorites because they have such great talent yep. with, the, with their big three. The thing that I've seen with them, they need a little bit more from their glue guys, from their reserves, and if they can get that, I think they are the odds-on favorites. If not, they might be on upset alert. Yeah, like we said earlier about Capo Valley, I think Winward lacks a little depth on their bench. Obviously, yeah. Kajani Wright and Dylan Andrews, two of the top... 221 prospects in the country. And we both um, love Devin Tillis. Devin Tillis, uh, you know, got his Division One offer and, and ran with it at UNLV, and he's a, you know, he's a Division One caliber player. Um, yeah, I look at this roster, this roster, this this um, uh, bracket, and a team who I think has been overlooked all year, and you know, we're always used to seeing this team in the Open Division is Bishop Montgomery, and I think with, with a coach and a scheme. And you know the, the players around uh, Isaiah you called Johnson, them last year, Bishop Montgomery, man. On my podcast, you, you called them getting the championship. Being the upset, yeah, and yeah. I did. I, I called that one, and, um, and you like him again. Oh, Jalen Vasquez is back. That's the biggest difference that I see. They've all they needed a guard to take pressure off of teams who can press them. They struggled against presses this year because they didn't have a reliable primary ball handler. And Jalen Vasquez is back, and he's that guy. And you know what else Jalen Vasquez can do that they needed? He can hit open threes. Yeah, we saw him at the Bosco Summer League, and I was like, who the heck is this kid? <laughs> very, very, you know, just he plays with the right pace. He's 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 poised. He doesn't get rattled under pressure, and he can hit the open catch-and-shoot three. That opens the floor. It makes a whole new game, and he's back, and they've had some really, really good efforts uh, in the Del Rey League to close out the year. So Bishop Montgomery, to me, 
is a team that should, I mean, really, really, really should make some noise in this in this division. Uh, like you said, uh, Riverside Poly, I haven't seen them this year at all, uh, unfortunately. Uh, you know, Yancey Dotson's a, you know, one of the best offensive minds um, in high school basketball, and he has three very good offensive players with Lamont Butler going to San Diego State, DJ Davis going to UC Irvine, and Evan Oliver, who's going to end up at a, a being a very good Division II school. Um, yeah, when we're in that top bracket, I think, you know, Mayfair, so... Mayfair is an interesting case. Let's 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 try and break that down. It's tough to break that down because they have two very 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 talented players. Um, Josh Christopher, obviously one of the best players in the country, and Dior Johnson, who's going uh, to Syracuse. I hope he sticks with it. Yeah, who committed to Syracuse? And you're a Syracuse. Yeah, Connor went to Syracuse, <laughs> so Connor's excited about that. Um, so he needs Jim Beheim to kind of. Yeah, 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 kind of, you know, mold that yeah. real, real true point guard aspect of his game. Because the raw ability is absolutely there. Yeah, that's and that's where you worry about a team like Mayfair. It's like they can beat anybody yeah. at any time, uh, but... But they haven't. There are some times yeah. where you're like, what the hell is going on out there? Love Tony Davis is a great guy, uh, great coach. Um, you know, he, he he's not the raw, raw guy on the sidelines. He's not, like, getting in people's faces. He's kind of more... His demeanor is more laid back because... I mean, he's got like an NBA type of of you know roster where you have to kind of manage <laughs> at the high school level. Ridiculous. You have to manage guys. You have to like you it's know true. make sure that they're in a right state of mind. It's true. It's it's weird, but it's true. Um, and Tony's done as good a job as anybody could possibly do with you know two absolute superstars and a bunch of other role guys trying to find where they fit. Yeah, I mean it's it's like Winward, but in a worse spot. The role guys haven't been what they needed to be to mm-hmm. put this team over the top and just kind of looking at what I've seen from Mayfair. So I've seen them them twice. And I kind of like Beverly Hills in the second round, a team that, you know, sticks to the program, is, is disciplined, uh, is, is, will be tough to beat. And you're like, who's on Beverly Hills? Who's going to stop Josh? Who's going to stop Dior? Jarvis will come with like a team defensive effort. Yeah. And they're going to be, yeah. Ben Ramirez is a good point guard at Beverly Hills. I think he's an underrated guy. But um, you, you, you get what I'm saying? No, I'm with you. I, I'm with you 100. Um, percent So we saw them at Rolling Hills prep the Harvey uh, against Birmingham. Against Birmingham, they lost that one. And then the other time I saw them, they got beaten really badly at the Freitas event. Who'd they play? Do you remember? Were you not there for that one? It, it was no, at. Uh, I, I avoid as many Freitas events. Okay. As possible. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get one Freitas digging. It was at uh, Pasadena City College, and they just the the wheels came off. They, okay. They. It was. Look, it was not I'll look pretty. it up right now. Go ahead. Um, and so that's what sticks in my mind when I when I think about them. Unfortunately, so they have the talent. Yep. Can they beat anyone? Yeah, but I haven't seen them win enough games that makes me think they can go deep in this tournament. That's. I think that's a fair point. I think that's a fair point. Uh, so I I saw you were were you at the Bosco thing where they lost to Sheldon by forty? No. Yeah, that was in. Yeah, the, that so, was in a good like one. That. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's in. Interesting take, and I, I agree with you. Like they have eleven losses on the year. I don't. Uh, to be totally honest, I'm not really sure why they got to buy. They got to. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was wondering too. That's one of the weird things that I saw. But I believe it's because they won their league championship. Um, they were a league title, and Winward did not. Obviously, Winward's in the league with Sierra Canyon, so they weren't going to win that league title. Uh, it, it was Rebay who they lost to. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. eighty to sixty-five. It wasn't that close. Right, right, right. I think I was there. I don't know. I try to avoid phrases. So. <laughs> Uh, um, let's go to the bottom part of the bracket. Uh, Damien got a good seed. Um, Coach LaDuke has a very nice squad led by uh, Junior Bleak Thomas, a high-level scorer. Yeah. Uh, senior Austin Cook 
and a bunch of guys who just really, you know, fill their roles and uh, uh, play the game the right way. What are your thoughts on this bottom part of the bracket? Do you think Damien's going to make a run, or do you see uh, somebody else, you know, picking it up others other than Riverside Poly? I, I think Damien could make a run. I, I like Valencia okay. in the bottom half of this bracket. Crescenta Valley, I kind of like too, but th- they might be in too high of a division this year. Last year, they they made a really deep run in the state playoffs, and they're one of those teams who, you know, they kind of reached their ceiling last year, and maybe they could they could again. But uh, with them, I, I worry this division might be a little bit too big for them. But I love Tyler Carlson. I think he's one of the best shooters that that I've covered in my last three years. He he scored thirty one points against Compton last year, and he hit like nine threes. Uh, so he's a guy you absolutely have to watch out for. Um, we know Long Beach Poly ha- has Peyton Watson, but yep. I-, I think it's not really a hot take to say they've been pretty disappointing this season, so I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they had kind of a, a tough go of it here, here in these playoffs. Sure. But when you have a player like Watson, he, he-, he can carry you. Um, Notre Dame, I I like them, but sometimes that breakneck speed style kind of hurts them a little bit. I think it, that's what it, I was going to say. They it's, might run into some issues with that. Yeah, if if Notre Dame um, with, with Ben Stolzberg, uh, Dusty Strummer, Brandon Perez, and, and like, others, they got the guys. If they can, if they hit threes, they can beat anybody. Yeah, you know, it's one of those teams where it's all or nothing. If they can hit a bunch of threes um, and control the pace and you know turn people over, they're gonna they're gonna make some noise, but. Um, if they're if they're off, they're going to make an early exit. So to answer your original question, yeah, yeah. I, I think I like Riverside Poly the most. Okay, uh, and then I, I do like Valencia a lot. Okay, yeah, Valencia, Noahville use that. Uh, who are the other good players? Remind Jake me, Jake Huliwak, the guy. Jake Huliwak, a very who, good who shooter. So many threes in the junior Camacho, kind of a, a, a guy who wears his heart on his sleeve. Yep. A, a great high school basketball player. Yeah, I think Kevin Conrad, a six six guy, is kind yeah. of does a does a nice job of, of filling his role. He yeah. just fills his role. You know, he provides physicality in the paint. Uh, you can you know rely on rely on him to to finish and you know crash the offensive boards, and that's always uh, tough to have. Uh, it's always good to have that. Um, I'm looking at this. Am I gonna what upsets am I gonna pick? You know, Temecula Valley upset um, upset uh, uh, Sherman Oaks. Sherman Oaks Notre Dame yeah. last year. Um, you called it, didn't I'm, you? Yes, I did, and I'm gonna I'm, call it again. I'm gonna do it. I think Temecula Valley with Garrett Schaefer, um, eh, dude. That's uh, that's a tough matchup for Damien. It's home yeah. good home game, good for them. But Temecula Valley and Damien are very similar in the way that they're they're coached and the way that they're prepared, which is very well, very good. Yeah, I don't think that's that crazy of a pick. I, I would probably pick Damien. I, I like the fact that they're at home, but. It would not shock me at all if okay. Temecula okay. pulled think, that off. I think if Colony can put it together with uh, Brent Napper, who's now healthy, I believe. I haven't talked to Coach DeFabius in a while, but um, um, Kylan Boswell, a freshman, and Denham Dawson-Jones, they might be able to get by Chino Hills. And then they, you know, I mean, honestly, if you look at this, Notre Dame and Los Altos, that's, a, that's another pretty good matchup for them. Then they can get into that third round, and Riverside Poly or Long Beach Poly or Crossroads, I mean, you never know. Colony has a, has a looking at the matchups straight on paper. They have a pretty good road. Have you seen Los Altos? I know they have Jazz Gardner. The yeah, I've seen Los Altos. Day. They're solid, man. I mean, you know, Jeff Lucas. Um, yeah, uh, he stayed on after Jared graduated and is at Oregon State. And Jeff Lucas is a good basketball coach. They have a, a couple guys who are just really tough. Um, let me pull up their roster. Make sure I don't get these names wrong. But uh, they have a, I believe he's a junior forward. Uh, hang on here, Connor. 
I'm glad you brought this up. But yeah, Jazz Gardner is one of the you know most most intriguing freshman prospects in Southern California. Six nine, six ten, uh, skilled, you know, center forward who can stretch the floor a little bit. And uh, I think gun to, gun to my head with these four teams, I think I like Notre Dame the best. Interesting, gun to you. Wow, you're getting real, real serious over here. Jeez, <laughs> Christian Cavanaeus, six three forward who just like he takes charges, he communicates on okay. defense, he rebounds. But this dude, like, he gets in your head and he frustrates you. Okay. Another guy I like is Josh Tanao. I believe he comes off the bench and he's a he's a good shooter. Uh, Ozzy Cuellar is a very very solid um, uh, kind of you know point guard who runs the show. Dion Porter. Provide some length. Uh, Devin Lewis, a six-four uh, junior wing, who's pretty good. And they, you know, I saw him at. Uh, they killed Fremont at the Bosco Dream Showcase. Yeah. Um, and um, feel bad for Fremont. They got pillaged by transfers pretty bad. Yeah, they did. Uh, I'm not going to get this name right. Abigio Ujadagele. That's pretty. I, I think, think he was did. pretty good. <laughs> I think you nailed it. He was injured. If he's back, he's a, he's a really solid defensive piece. So Los Altos could make some noise here. Um, you know, a lot of people thought they may have a down year that, you know, Jared, once Jared left, who's, a, you know, Jared's one of the premier scorers in the state, yeah. in state history. Uh, but, you know, Jeff Lucas has proved that he's a very good coach. Um, I think yeah. th- that part of the bracket's really intriguing. It's me. open. I think that's yeah, open. I think it's I, wide open. I agree. Totally. Um, and yeah, then, that, that crossroads Long Beach Poly matchup is actually pretty interesting in the first round. Yeah. With Brendan Terry and, and uh, TJ Muhammad, um, Henry Adiasa. Six uh, ten forward. That's a pretty good matchup. Man, I might have to go to that. Dang, <laughs> I don't know. I, don't know. I still don't know what I'm going to do. Do you yeah. know what you're going to do? I I'm up in the air too. I know Thursday. I think I'm going to go to Birmingham for Birmingham Gardena. Okay, Thursday. I think I'm going to go to. I'm going to make the trek to Etiwanda for Etiwanda St. Anthony. Retweeting you then. Thank you. <laughs> All right, that pretty much wraps up. Let me let me actually make a pick here. I'm going to say Bishop Montgomery is going to win the Division One Southern Section Boys Basketball Championship. I'm going to make a pick. What do you think about that? I think with Vasquez being healthy. That pick makes sense because I totally agree with you. We talked so much today. Who's the overwhelming favorite? And looking at it here, I don't know if there is one. Um, you know, Winward and Polly, I, I like them. I, I guess I haven't made my picks yet for these, but I, I guess uh, I'll go with Riverside Polly. I think wow. I, I like that bottom. Connor of the going out on a limb. I like it. All right. Moving on to the city section open division. Fairfax, the number one seed, uh, will take on El Camino Real, who is another team kind of ravaged by injuries yeah. right now. Um, let's see, who do we have here? The two seed, Westchester. I like that Westchester Washington Prep game. I think that's interesting. I think Washington Prep's going to win. You think so? Yep. There it is. Connor Morissette with the upset pick in the city section. Why does Washington Prep beat Westchester? Well, I've, I've just seen Washington Prep this year close games, yep. and I haven't seen it from Westchester. Westchester, again, it was a hostile environment. It, it's tough to win at Fairfax, your big rival, but they were up 18 points in that game, yeah. and then they were losing in the third quarter. It was a collapse. So if you can get to them, they're capable of, of kind of crumbling a little bit. Against Etiwanda, I know it's Etiwanda, but at that Nike extravaganza, they looked pretty oh, bad yeah, against yeah, Etiwanda. Yeah. And Washington Prep has played them too, and they got blown out as well. I know Coach Javante King has gone to a bunch of Westchester games. He studied them. He thought yeah, he this. Prepares. He thought this might be their opponent from very early on. And I'll, I'll tell you what, I really like DeAnthony Ward. Yeah, he's a good player. Washington Prep, a kid who didn't play at all last year because of some family stuff. He had to take care of his brother after his mom passed away. Very sad story. If there was a city section comeback player of the year, I, I think this guy would be a shoe in. I remember against Taft early in the season. Washington Prep lost by two on a controversial block charge call. And this kid scored like 31, and it was like, this kid didn't even play last year. Who the, right. who the heck is this kid? Now he has a season under his belt. 
it'll be at Westchester, which makes it tough. But Washington Prep, they um, Deshaun Johnson is a, is a big senior yep. uh, leader for them. They won't be afraid at all. I think kind of comes down to what I said at the beginning. They can close, and I haven't seen that from Westchester at all. I don't even know really what, what Westchester's best win is. It might be Santa Monica. Right, and that's obviously, I mean, that's a that's a solid win, but yeah. not the usual Westchester we're used to. Exactly. And I'm with you on Washington Prep, um, you know, scoring an upset there. Um, I think the most... I think the most dynamic team in this and the team who might be able to, you know, shock win. everybody and win this thing is Birmingham. Birmingham. Yeah. yeah, I mean, dude. They have to be the pick. I uh, They have to be. They have too much talent. Yeah, they have a lot of talent. Uh, David Elliott, um, uh, Corey Cofield, uh, Elijah Cofield. I'd take that three over any other three in the city. James Nobles. Yeah, I would. Noble, Nobles is banged up. He might not be yeah, back. He might not be back. Dang. I, I and hate that, these and injuries. That, and that hurts. It does. It does hurt. Um, Nick Halleck, he, he's... Puts it all together for them. Honestly, Birmingham's one of my favorite teams to watch. Yeah. Just because you never know what you're going to get. That game against Mayfair was one of the best oh, high school it, basketball it, games of the year. I mean, it was it was entertaining and high school and basketball, but it wasn't the guy like... yelling. It's r- awesome. Right. It, it's, it wasn't like the best like executed Played. high school basketball game, but it was the absolute most entertaining high school basketball yeah. game I've seen in a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, here's the thing. If you got three guys as talented and as dynamic as, as those three guys... You could beat anybody, and this Fairfax team, like I like the Westchester team, it's not the one the dominant team we're used to. I don't know how they defend the Cofields in that semifinal game. That's my fear. If Fairfax and Birmingham both yeah. win, if there's anybody who can figure it out, it's Reggie Morris, though. Right? It's true. Um, let's go down to that three six matchup. It's another thing. Another matchup I think is interesting: King Drew and Taft. Um, Taft is another team that's kind of like yeah. Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. If Ramel Lloyd is is scoring efficiently, they're very good. If he's not, they're not very good. Um, and you know, Khalil Haywood has to be healthy. Um, uh, Demetrius Caleb has to be has to be you know scoring. Yeah. I mean, it, Taft can beat. Like I said, Taft is talented enough to beat anyone on this list. But they're also Jekyll and Hyde enough to lose in the first round of King Drew. Yeah, and King Drew's been very consistent. I know they had to give up a couple wins because of in. An eligible player, yeah, yeah. Which I guess the city section was mad that they <laughs> said that right before the playoffs started right. instead of when it happened, but whatever. King Drew, they've been so consistent all year, and I, I think that they that consistency and how they defend is going to see them through in this game, which will if what I think is going to happen happens, King Drew Washington prep for a third time in the semifinals. It's tough to beat a team three times. That yep. would be a, a, a fun game. Um, but you're right. I mean, I, I want to pick Taft because I like Ramel Lloyd a lot but they have just been so inconsistent that I can't ride with them right now because you don't know it's the playoffs you hope the good version of Taft shows up but that game against Long Beach Poly I know Lloyd was out but you know Long Beach Poly is having a down year you can't go down to them like 30 to 10 early and it's over snap of the finger right that was a disappointing game yeah yeah I see I agree big Fidelis and uh, Caleb account and uh I believe Pico Johnson's having a good year Pico Johnson um I think King Drew advances and we're gonna get a, a absolute just uh slugfest with George Washington Prep and, and King Drew and then up top uh you know Michael Franklin and Chris, Chris Page. Page are both very good for Gardena but it's, it's a tough draw. It's a real tough draw. Birmingham's gonna advance there and then Fairfax and then uh yeah I mean Do we I'm, have the same picks? Are you gonna pick Washington Prep too? Yeah I'm gonna pick Washington Prep. Um, be, or, and then King Drew or Taft? King Drew. Yeah. Yeah King Drew and then Birmingham that's how, that's Fairfax. How I see it too. Yep. And then uh Fair oh, man Birmingham Fairfax that's gonna be that's going to be a good game. That's going to yeah. be fun to watch. Um, anything can happen in those in those semis, I think, mm-hmm. on those teams we picked. All right. That was fun. Let's go to the open division. All right. Here we go. Yeah. I mean, dude, we can yeah. Let's do a separate podcast on we, this. We definitely could. 
But uh, we'll try and keep this as efficient as we possibly can. Um, so pool A, Sierra Canyon, Etiwanda, St. Anthony, St. John Bosco. That's one, four, five, and eight as far as seeds go. Pool B, uh, Corona Centennial, Rancho Christian, Harvard Westlake, Modern Day. That's two, three, six, seven. These are some really, really good teams. Um, I thought, and I was wrong, that Sierra Canyon was going to be unbeatable once fully, once full strength. Uh, Rancho Christian beat him at Damien. Um, and I think, again, I think they're beatable. I agree. What are, you, what are your initial thoughts on how Sierra Canyon is beatable? I think they're beatable, but I don't know if anyone in their pool can beat them. Okay. Etiwanda, that's going to be the big one, and it's great that they're playing in that last game on the, the February 21st. It's funny, it's at Calabasas High, mm-hmm. which is interesting. And w- those teams met at Damien, and Zaire Williams was ineligible, and Jalen Clark was ineligible, so we haven't seen them at their best go against each other. Right. I just wor- I think Sierra Canyon on offense, the offense trumps Etiwanda's defense, and I think they'll come out of this bracket. But in the championship, I look at Rancho Christian or Corona Centennial as a team who could potentially beat Sierra Canyon in a championship game. But in that pool, I agree with you that Sierra Canyon's beatable, and Etiwanda seems like the most likely team who it would be in that pool, but I think Sierra Canyon comes out of the pool. Okay. What are your thoughts? Um, uh, I think, here's what I think. This is what I've, based on you know watching a lot of these teams, I think St. John Bosco is going to clip them. I think, I'm going to make a pick here. It's going to be, uh, you know, this, I made the Bishop Montgomery pick last year over Rancho Christian, whatever. I got to do one every year. Based on personnel, based on they match preparation. Up with them. They, well. That's what I'm saying. I, I think, here's the thing. If St. John Bosco loses to Sierra Canyon, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be close. Okay. I think it'll be close. But I'm gonna say Bosco is gonna go up the five or whatever they're gonna take to what they're playing at Northridge. Yeah. They're gonna clip him at Northridge. Okay. That's a hot take. That's hotter than anything. That's a hot take. It's hot as shit in here right now. <laughs> and I'm feeling hot. But again, Sierra, my, Sierra Canyon is so talented that my worry they is could that beat they Bosco by 40. My worry is that they won't be able to score enough points. And But if you're getting in a run-and-gun game, I think they're going to be able to score enough points. You don't Sierra, want to get into a run-and-gun game with Sierra Canyon, though. Do you have a choice? I they're going to force you into it. Am I right? Well, the, I like Sierra Canyon if it's a run-and-gun game. Okay. Because I think the way to beat them is to do what Etiwanda does and kind of slow it down. frustrate right, them and right. slow it down. And it didn't work in that first game. Because BJ Boston is a transcendent player and scored 31 points. <laughs> yeah. my, my pick is I, probably horrible. I don't think, I mean, I appreciate you going out on a limb. My fear with Bosco is, and it's kind of what we saw against Modern Day. So, Winton Brown has a great game. You need someone else to score. Yeah. And if Isaiah Holm isn't hitting his threes, if Josh Camper isn't hitting threes, I can't believe I'm talking about Isaiah Holm hitting threes, but he's done a great job with it. He has. He really has. Uh, you know, I just, the lack of offensive firepower for them scares I hear you. me. But they match up well because. That's a big group of guys. It is. They got they got Jeremiah Niarco. Yeah. They got Isaiah Holm. Those guys Lamage go six Lewis. nine, six ten. Lamage Lewis is a uh, you know they, a sizable point guard. <laughs> they bring off some big guys off the bench too. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: as far as matchups go, and if Holm and if Camper can get hot from three, I think there's a chance they can stay in that game. And, and late game execution, I'm going Matt Dunn. Um, let's move on. And Etiwanda, yeah, I mean, I want to. Who comes out of the pool? Because what happens if Bosco beats 
You know, it, that, that if Bosco, so this is yeah. If Bosco, if Bosco clips Sarah Cannon as I predicted, and I'm probably going to be wrong, but I predicted, um, I'll buy you lunch if you get if, that right. If if I get this right, everyone bows to me next time I walk into a gym. Okay, <laughs> I will. um, man, that's that's tough because St. Anthony Etowan is going to be a battle. Uh, I think Etowan comes out um, of that pool if if Bosco clips Sierra Canyon. Yeah, I mean, just because Jalen Clark has made that team so much better. So much more athletic and so much more versatile. Uh, Etiwanda's defense is just so suffocating that uh, I see them coming out of that pool because it's going to come down to like a if it's a if it's like a two one two one thing with Bosco yeah. with Sierra Canyon and then it Etiwanda, it's going to come down to points, right? Okay. So or point differential or whatever, and Etiwanda is going to you know it, defensively they're going to hold people down. Yeah, they're just going to yeah they're going to choke people out. Move over to the well, next. Who, do you, yeah, do you think Etiwanda? Edwanda coming out of the but pool. Do you think Sierra Canyon beats them in that game three? Because that because that would kind of you know yeah yeah, yeah. I mean probably I'm asking you to make too many picks but okay Edwanda's we don't ask how how is we don't want to ask how the sausage is made it's just Edwanda's gonna come out Edwanda's coming out baby let's go Cleck <laughs> come on man let's go All right, I have Sierra Canyon coming out which is not you're, a hot take here's the thing you're probably right I'm probably extremely wrong here but that's what we're here for right we're here to be right and wrong uh pool B Corona Centennial. I mean, the surprise team of the of the season so far, Rancho Christian, Harvard Westlake, and Modern Day. I mean, I see I see it coming down to Centennial and Rancho Christian. As do um, I. Centennial is, I mean, they lost, I mean, we've covered this yeah. ad nauseum. They lost three starters to transfer before the season, and they're the second seed in the Open Division. Just an insane story. Uh, a story of a very good coach, a story of kids who buy in, and a, and a, a story of a senior who's absolutely you know one of the more underrated players in the state and the country, Paris Dawson. Do you think with them, do you get worried about the younger guys, kind of like that St. Bernard example when the whistles kind of tighten up a little bit in the close games, or have they proven it enough because they've played such a national schedule? I think they've proven it enough, and I think Jared McCain Is, over and over and over yeah. again has showed that he doesn't yeah. care. I, like, I, I really like his game. He, uh, he uh, has... Uh, he t- I talked to him after the Nike extravaganza win they had, and he's like, you know, I feel freedom because Coach Giles says, shoot, if you're open, take I the shot. Hit nine in the game. Right. So, <laughs> like, if you feel that freedom and confidence from your coach, like, you're not going to have to worry about, um, you know, whistles getting tightened. Yeah. Centennial plays such a free-flowing, you know, pressure system that I think if once they get going and once that ball goes up, it's just another game for those guys. I agree. I like... I can't believe I'm saying this. I kind of like how Rancho Christian matches up with them because guard wise, exactly because sure. I think they have a lot of guys who can handle the ball, and that's what you need against Corona Centennial with that crazy defense. I I guess I won't uh, shy away from it. I I like Rancho Christian coming out. Coming of out, pool. okay. <sighs> it's, I'm so bad at like just making these picks. I see where you're going with Rancho Christian because um, I think Evan Do- Dominic Harris. I've seen significant. I don't want to say improvement. We all knew he he was good, but more as far as decision making goes and things like that. I think he's had as good of a senior year as any guard we've seen. Okay, he, he he has been for them to come out. He needs to be great, and I think he's proven to me that he can be great in these big games. Here's why Rancho Christian worries me is because it's an all or nothing thing with their guards. Either they're hitting shots or they're not. Especially with with Jaden Byers and and uh, Bryson Stevens. I like those guys. I like them. They play hard. They're super athletic. They need Luke Turner to hit shots. Luke Turner has to hit shots. And he didn't against Sierra Canyon, and they still won that first game. Here's what I want to happen. Get the ball to To the seven-footer in the paint. That's how you're going to win in the playoffs. Get the ball to Evan. Let him go to work. Um, 
yeah, I think I think it's going to come down to those two. Uh, I'm going to go. We need to talk about modern day too. Yeah, I'm on going paper, to, they have the most talent. I think yeah, I'm going to Corona Centennial coming out of that one. So, okay, but okay, modern day. I mean, here's the thing: modern day could go up to Corona Centennial uh, on Friday and win. Yeah, and, wouldn't, wouldn't be a shock. They, they could because I mean, Devin Askew, obviously one of the better guards in the country. Uh, Wilhelm Breedenbach, a skilled forward. Uh, Ryan Evans, a knockdown shooter. Um, uh, Harrison Hornery a guy who can spread the floor from three. Here's my worry about Marday. Are they athletic enough to deal with these guys? It's fair. So far, they really haven't shown that. Yeah, they, they, I mean, they've been, we'll say it, they've been pretty disappointing this year, I think. All For sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked about how we thought maybe Winward was a top five team and, and they've fallen off a little bit. I thought Day was the clear two. And what, they're the seventh seed coming yeah. in? So that's another kind of a drop. Um, and, you know, we've talked about this a little bit off the air before as to the reasons why. It's just kind of... You know, this team right now, they're they're not totally gelling. Like, sure. I thought they would have been so pissed off at Sierra Canyon based on what happened last year, losing to them, that that would bring them together. They'd come out and it would be all or nothing. You know, we this is our goal. We're beating Sierra, you know, and be, and just show it all year how sure. tough we are. This is the goal. This is what it's going to be. And, you know, you just haven't really seen that. No, haven't seen it. And that's what worries me is that the uh, disjointed feeling sometimes you get from watching them play that game against Bosco that we were at, they were very, they were good in that game. They, they won that thing wire to wire. They were, they were solid in that game. That's the modern day team that you expected to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, here's the thing. They got, you know, five guys. They need some guy, some more offensive production off the bench, whether it's Aiden Prukup or Logan Carmenesi. They got to have somebody off the bench who can, who can score, who can do something. And so far they haven't really shown that. Harvard Westlake, um, I just worry about yeah. I just worry about their lack of shooting. Harvard, yes, hundred percent. They beat Corona Centennial early in the season. I think it was by like thirteen two on the road. That's a good win. Um, but that game against Santa Monica was very very scary uh, in their lack of shooting. Obviously, Mason Hooks going to Princeton, one of the better big men we've seen in a, you know true yeah. big men we've seen in a while. Truman Gettings solid. Um, Spencer Hubbard very you know high IQ game managing point guard. Braze Dotton good. Uh, but you need Cameron Thrower, you need Adam Hitton, you need Braze Dotton to hit shots to open the floor. Otherwise, you sit back in a 2-3 zone and say, go ahead, shoot it. Mason Hooks isn't touching the ball. That's what I would do. And then they've struggled, too, when they've been pressed sometimes. Right. That's how St. Anthony beat them. But, you know, it, I think David Rubibo is one of, if not the best coach in, in the open division, and he has a, a really good team. He knows how to get the best out of this group. I think they're kind of the one team I think that you know you, you were to rank this team I'd probably put them at four in that pool but they, I love the coach I, I think they are really talented and if Mason Hooks can go off you know you, you never want to rule them out but just based on what I've seen from them from day one to here we are right before the playoffs begin you just need to have three-point shooting yep. and that's been an issue for them and I think all the other teams in that pool have it and they can match up with Mason Hooks. A lot of these, uh, right? Of these teams, once we get is, into these, yeah, once we get in these higher level games, which the, no one in the Mission League really could. No, right. And Mason Hooks is, is very talented, but again, um, most of these teams outside of you know Corona Centennial, but uh, have big men who can match up. But even with, them, with they those. they can throw like three different. Sure, and they're they're just guys, animals. They're I, absolute yeah. freaks on the defensive yeah. end. They just, I mean, dude, they're they're just they play hard. Yeah. Um, so the one team we haven't really talked about, let's go back to Pool A. Let's give, before we before we sign off here, let's give St. Anthony a little bit True. of of. Poem. And I wrote about this, how they've been looked over all year, and we've looked over them yeah, I mean, so far. We're guilty of that. As far as, as far as toughness goes, as far as defense goes, as far as versatility goes, St. Anthony has all of that. Um, and Coach Cavanis has implemented his 
system is defensive, you know, all-out pressure. And uh, they just have a bunch of guys who fit well together yeah. and buy into what Coach Cav wants. And a great um, senior. Yeah, and a really good senior in Jadon Jones, who is probably one of the, like like Paris Dawson. Uh, he, you know, he's committed to Long Beach State. I'm very, very happy for him. But I think there's a level higher for Jadon Jones. I think he's going to be, you know, uh, if he sticks at that at Long Beach State for four years, he's going to be a high-level Big West Conference player. Um, Lorenzo Marsh is a very good junior. Uh, I think a sophomore that Division One seems to get in the gym for right now is Elijah Price, six uh, eight forward who's coming along, and you know the little point guard sophomore Jaden Bush, he's really good. And another senior they have Gordon Boykins, also very good. But they have depth; they can go ten yeah. deep on the bench yeah. with a, you know sophomore Kai Williams coming off the bench. It's a big time score. I think St. Anthony's a team who I mean you never know, man. They could go up to to uh, Etiwanda and win that game. They could. Absolutely, and they play kind of similar to Etiwanda with that just strangle you kind of defense, and that gives you a chance. When you play, when you defend at that level, then you will have a chance to win games. Going up against Sierra Canyon in that second game, I think is a little bit scary for them because just that star power is incredible. Can you defend as well as you usually do going up against a team like that? I'm not so sure, but they can absolutely defend well enough to stay in a game with Etiwanda in St. John Bosco and maybe even pick up a win. I wrote about how I think they might be the surprise team of the open division because we, they've been overlooked so so much. And uh, I think I really believe in Jadon Jones and, and I like uh, Coach Kavnis a lot. We haven't really given them the respect they deserve, I feel like. But, you know, now it's the open division. They haven't been respected. If they can go out and win games, yep. I think it'll be like the ultimate middle finger to everyone and that'll be an awesome story. For sure. So... We've gone an hour and 20 minutes on this. I'm sure everyone's dying to know who is Connor Morissette's pick to win the Open Division Championship. Rancho Christian. Why? I'm going in his last year. Evan Mobley going to be, I think, I hope that he's a little bit pissed off that he's fallen in the recruiting rankings a little bit. Remember, he was the consensus one. Yeah, I'm still there with him being consensus one. So. Is it Cade Cunningham who's he's very him? good, Cade and, and Jalen Green in some rankings yeah. as well. Um, that's a very you know solid top three. And I think in basketball, like it does in football at the upper upper levels, that means a lot okay. to kids. I think Bryce Young for football being one is a big deal, and I think that's going to really because he's not the kind of guy that gets pissed off. Yeah, Evan Mobley. No. but I think this might drive him. Okay, I like that. I, I think that they have a great rivalry with Sierra Canyon, and if they see them in the championship. They'll say we've beaten them before. We we know how to how to beat this team. Um, I, I like them a lot, but you're absolutely right. We need to see a lot from their guards in order to make that happen. But but that's my pick. I think they come out of that pool, and I think we got an all time championship with Rancho Christian upsetting Sierra Canyon. All right. So I've already picked Etiwanda to come out of Pool A over Sierra and, Canyon. And you like Corona Centennial, right? Yep. I'm gonna be. I think I'm gonna be wrong on that, but I'm. I mean, I'm going with Etiwanda. Okay. I'm going Corona Centennial out of Pool B. I'm taking the feel-good story of the year to polish it all off. We're going Corona Centennial, CIF Southern Section Open Division Championships for 2020. Okay. I'm going, I'm riding with my freshman, Jared McCain. I'm riding with Paris Dawson. Um, I'm riding with Freddie Dabala. I'm riding with uh, uh, Mason Machado. I'm riding with uh, Aaron McBride off the bench. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with Corona Centennial. I think they're going to, you know, shoot in the three like they do. Uh, speeding the game up, turning them over, toughness, confidence, uh, chip on their shoulder. I think they got the makeup to win it. Did the game against Salesian College no. Prep give you any recourse at all? Nope. I didn't like how they let Salesian get back into that game, but I mean, they no. won it. So 
like you said, Saturday game, Nike extravaganza. Kind of Isn't a, it nice that you can just say that? Saturday yeah, game. Saturday game. Saturday game. Chalk it all up to a showcase Saturday game. I'm going Corona Centennial. I think they're just like, they just bought in so well to being that underdog team and being the, the team counted out that they're just going to carry that through. It's going to be so hard to beat them. So, I mean, I, I definitely hear where you're coming from. Isn't that the beauty of Southern California high school basketball? It I think is. in any other state, just about. Well, maybe not any other state, but you know Sierra Canyon or Rancho Christian or Corona Centennial, there would be the heavy favorites to win the whole thing. And here it's, especially with this round-robin format, you have to earn it. Right, and it, here's the thing. I mean, could Sierra, could Sierra Canyon come out? Yes. Could St. Anthony come out? Probably. Could Bosco upset anybody in, in this field? Yeah. Could Harvard-Westlake beat Corona Centennial? They already have. So, yes, they could. Could Marday beat Corona Centennial? For sure they could. But we're all going gonna to find out on Friday. Um, so Connor Morissette taking Rancho Christian to win it all. Devin Uglin taking Corona Centennial to win it all. Um, Connor, I appreciate you uh, coming into the sweat box and joining me for <laughs> an hour and 25 minutes. I'm about to pass out. Um, anything, anything you need to add before we, we sign off? I'm definitely a little sweaty. <laughs> so, uh, until next week, uh, we appreciate you guys listening in to the Ball is Life in the Paint Show. You can find us on the various streaming platforms, whether it's SoundCloud or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whichever one you use, you can find us. Search the Ball is Life Podcast Network. Uh, but until next week, maybe Ron will be back. Maybe he'll be, you know, uh, passed out in a ditch somewhere in Vegas. Who knows? Uh, but until next week, we are going to sign off. We appreciate you guys listening in. <laughs>